0: This true first-person story was recorded in front of a live audience at the Fringe Club in Hong Kong. It was told in April for a show with the theme of Walk the Line. Jen is a veteran storyteller with Hong Kong Stories and is a frequent host at our monthly shows. And hey, if you want to learn how to tell your best story, sign up on Hong Kong Stories' Meetup page, like us on Facebook, or go to hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. Now, here's Jen. In
1: 2004, I moved way up north to Harbin, China. It's not far from the border with Siberia, and it's home to an ice sculpture festival. It was not home 13 years ago to very many English-speaking foreigners. But that was part of the reason why I decided to go and live up there, I wanted to meet the locals and learn the culture. And I had a ready-made opportunity in two young female Chinese teachers in the English department of the university that had hired me. They turned up at the door of my teacher's dorm on my first day and informed me that they were there to be my friends. <laughs> we will show you everything you need to know, chirped one who wanted me to call her Candace. And as they came in, the other one turned to me and said, "'I am very excited to meet you. "'You are living my dream of working abroad.'" (laughs) Right? She repeated Candace's offer and then said, "'But first, I need your help. "'I want to give you my English name, "'but the last foreign teacher here "'told me that my choice was too special.'" My My name in Chinese is Yunhong, which I know means red cloud in English, Is this name too special? Well, you know, it's a little unusual, but if you like it, it's fine. It's your name. Yes, but did you ever meet anyone who had this name before? Uh, No, no. But I did have a friend called Red once. Red. I will choose Red. Thank you. You can call me Red. And that was it. We were friends, and I had someone to show me around and and answer any questions that I had. Not that there were very many places to be shown around, too. My school was kind of isolated. There were lots of farms and factories around. But there was a small shopping centre about 20 minutes away by bus. And sometimes for exercise, I would walk there. This walking thing horrified Red and Candace, partly because they didn't really like walking, but also because I would do it alone. Now, I thought they were worried because... I couldn't communicate with anybody, but I didn't let that bother me. I knew if I was going to learn the language, I needed to get out there and take some risks. So one Saturday morning, I decided to go out and get some groceries at the shopping center. And the way there, I had to cross this path, this side road, where a lot of taxi drivers would go and park their cars when take their breaks. And there was a large group standing around, and somebody shouted out when I walked past, but I didn't know anybody, so I just ignored it. I got a little bit farther, and then I could hear the sound of footsteps running behind me. And before I could turn around, somebody grabbed my shoulders and started pushing me off the sidewalk and into the bushes. So I spun around, and the guy broke off, and I stood there looking at this taxi driver. And I couldn't help but notice that he looked more surprised than I did by my reaction. We just stared at each other for a few minutes in silence. And then he did this towards the bushes as if I was gonna follow him in there. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I turned around and marched off and he didn't follow. There were other people on the road that morning and some of them had stopped, but nobody had said anything. I figured it was just a language thing. But, oh, no, Red explained it to me when I told her and Candace about the incident later. They think you are a prostitute. What? Yes. In Harbin, there are many girls in the bars who dance with no clothes on. A lot of them are Russian. You look like a Russian, and you were walking on the street alone. They think you are a prostitute. (laughs) Going for groceries on a Saturday morning? Sure. Well, shouldn't they get the hint when I start yelling and help me out? Why? So I turned to Candace to get her take on things, and I just got scolded for being too independent. That's why I never go anywhere without my boyfriend, she told me. Fantastic. So that was the end of the conversation. Now, this was not the first time that I'd been harassed. Walking while being female is a hazardous activity. But it was their reaction that gutted me. In my experience, women are supposed to have each other's backs. And we commiserate over having to put up with this shit. We do not just accept that it's the way things are and then adjust our behavior. And we certainly do not blame each other for getting attacked. So I just gave up on them. And I started spending more and more time on my own. A couple of months later, on a particularly sunny day, an unusually sunny day, I decided to go into Harbin and walk along the Songhua River. I stopped at one point to watch the kites, bunch of people flying kites, and shortly a Chinese man sat down next to me and just started staring. So I asked him, What was that? masha," I said. This opened the door for him to start chatting with me. Now, my mandarin was very functional at that point. Random small talk was a little bit difficult. I thought that he said that it was really sunny, so I agreed. And then I thought he said that it was too sunny, and he wanted me to go with him to someplace with more shade. But I wasn't sure that's what he'd said, so I just shook my head and tentatively said, "Uh, we'll be He laughed in my face and then grabbed my arm and tried to pull me off the bench. So I jumped up and pulled away from him and screamed, Kai!" My pronunciation sucks. But he understood from my actions that he was being told to fuck off. And he looked angry. He formed a fist and his arm tightened. I braced myself. And then he paused and stuck a, took a step back. And then I looked around and realized that a couple of people had stopped and were looking at us. So I took advantage of his hesitation and I took off. And as I walked away, I noticed again that nobody was intervening. Had the girls been right? Had these people just taken a look at me and decided that I wasn't worth bothering with? That thought was worse than the actual physical intrusion. So by the time I got back to campus, I was seething with anger over the attack, over how people had reacted, and I really needed to vent to somebody. But I thought I would lose it if I had to hear Candace and Red tell me I told you so. So I ended up making a really expensive long-distance call to a friend back in Canada, and she gave me the support I needed. But even she couldn't help but question some of my choices. Why the fuck are you living there again? A couple months later, it's the end of my contract, and once I've confirmed that I am not going to renew, Candace and Red invited me out to dinner to say goodbye. So we went to a fake Western restaurant, had really terrible food, and struggled to have conversation. To cover over the silences, I went on very enthusiastically about how happy I was to get out of Harbin. And when I got to the part of telling them that I was moving on to a job in Beijing, Red cut me off. You could go anywhere, she said. I would go out of China if I could. Candace added, I don't think you like China. And I felt terrible that that was the impression that I was leaving with them. These two ladies had come right to my doorstep, willing to befriend me. And I hadn't given them a chance. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this story brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. If you want to know more about learning to tell great stories, visit us on hongkongstories.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to share it with your friends and keep an eye out for our weekly podcast published every Wednesday. Everyone has a story to tell.